They say that breaking up is hard to do. Comma, comma, down, doobie, doo, down, down. Karma, karma, chameleon. I'm Frank Miller, and welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. Now, we spend every week in intense introspection. We talk to our analysts. We debate with our friends and loved ones, after which they're not our friends and loved ones anymore. We watch the sorrow and the pity repeatedly pull Marshall McLuhan into debates and movie lines. All of this to get you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. Isn't that swell of us? Hey, and this week, we're thinking about breakups. Not me and you, of course, but uh, this, of course, all inspired by the great people of the U.K. Yeah, they went to the polls in record numbers last week to vote on whether they should break up with the European Union. And we'll take a closer look at how the vote went down and up and down and up and down and up and down. And uh, Sorry, my head is still spinning from uh, reading Lindsay Lohan's Twitter feed. Hey, we'll also take a close look at relationships in general. Uh, that could be dangerous coming from me, but of course, business is all about relationships, right? And money's just the way you show you care. Yeah. And we'll investigate that a bit, and we'll also check out some science behind business relationships, and we'll let you know some of the weird little quirks that go into making personal business judgments. You know, a key part of building any relationship is knowing when to say you're sorry. Now, here at Offbeat Wall Street, hey, we've got an apology to deliver to the city of Cleveland. Well, we'll get into that uh, later in the show as well. And while we're at it, hey, we'll look at some fun financial stats coming out of the NBA championship. And as always, we've got the news you need to know and some of the stories you missed from last week as well as a preview of what to look for this week. So this is the Dead Shark edition of Offbeat Wall Street. Uh, let's face it, you know, I don't think our relationship is working. I know. A relationship, I think, is, is like a shark. You know, it has to constantly move forward or it dies. And I think what we got on our hands is a dead shock. All right, of course, it was Brexit-related news that dominated the headlines last week. No, it's not a breakfast cereal. On Thursday, U.K. voters weighed in on a referendum about whether to stay in the European Union. Now, going into the vote, it looked like Remain had the upper hand. There was optimism that the U.K. would stay in the EU, and that allowed markets to push higher. However, by late Thursday, it was getting pretty clear that Leave was likely to win. And then all hell broke loose. Yeah, the final tally, about 52% of U.K. voters chose to leave the EU, and about 48% said to stay. Now, let's just say the world markets, eh, they didn't take the breakup all that well. Uh, think Fatal Attraction, think Straw Dogs, think Heathers, yeah. You know, but maybe the best way to conceive the aftermath is to think of uh, Kill Bill, a breakup that leads to two feature-length movies full of incredibly violent but incredibly satisfying bloody combat. Quentin Tarantino is among the best, after all. And, you know, but the effects of the vote were felt in some strange places. Of course, European stocks dropped off a cliff. France's stock market plunged more than 8%. Germany dropped nearly 7%. Surprisingly, though, the U.K. market was one of the least affected of the major European markets. It finished down only about 3.2%, but the impact of the Brexit was felt throughout the world. Besides people tweeting pictures of their uh, Britain-themed socks and saying that Brexit sounded like a breakfast cereal, which I still 
still think it kind of does. Uh, Spain and Italy's market were both down more than 12%. Meanwhile, stocks in Japan fell nearly 8% as the Brexit fallout caused a spike in the yen. And as uh, some Twitter users got a view of some really ugly socks. The National Bank of Switzerland was forced to intervene in currency markets. The Swiss franc is seen as kind of a safe haven currency in times of trouble. Now, the Brexit fallout prompted a rush into franc, which rose sharply on the news. Swiss National Bank intervened in the Forex market to stem the appreciation of currency and said that it will remain active in the market. So kind of like Simon and Garfunkel, they're the bridge over troubled water. Stocks were substantially down in the U.S. as well, though not as much as in other parts of the world. So it wasn't all a Kill Bill bloodbath. The stock market in the Ukraine was basically flat Friday. Shares in Montenegro finished fractionally higher. Of course, this is all just the beginning, though. The Brexit fallout will continue to be the biggest story on Wall Street as long as people keep posting pictures of their socks. However, there were a couple of other stories from last week to keep in mind. Speculation is still swirling about when the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates. (laughs) Yeah, you're here. Remember the Fed? Yeah, last week, Fed Chair Janet Yellen appeared before Congress. And uh, that was part of her semi-annual attempt to explain economics to our country's lawmakers as they sit there with glazed eyes. They're usually not much chance that they're going to get it, of course, but investors, eh, they kind of like to hear what she has to say. Yellen comments, uh, they were pretty dovish. She predicted gradual rate hikes, but she did promise that the Fed would use a cautious approach. She also characterized the economy as having considerable uncertainty. I think uh, everybody could agree to that. And the chance of a rate hike in July seems to have ticked up a little bit. The market's now pricing in about a 14% chance of a hike next month. And investors are currently giving a 35% chance of a rate increase either next time or at the September meeting. All right, in corporate news, BlackBerry reported its quarterly results last week. (laughs) Yeah, they're still around. The smartphone maker's bottom line was essentially break-even for the first quarter. Analysts had expected a loss. Revenue was down, but the company is a bit optimistic that it can rebuild its business by switching focus to software and licensing from its traditional handset business. All right, every week we like to wander off the beaten track for just a little bit. Not too much. We don't like to get bruised and roughed up that much. We like to kind of look presentable. So we'll take a look at uh, some money stories that uh, aren't exactly Wall Street related. So now, time for some of our quick hits. All right, ever get to the bottom of a Starbucks latte and feel just a little dissatisfied? You know, kind of like two sips short dissatisfied? (laughs) Well, then we've got a lawsuit for you. A federal judge in California has given the go-ahead to a lawsuit that charges Starbucks with shorting customers on lawsuits. Yeah, the judge ruled that plaintiffs can move ahead with a case that seeks damages for fraud and false advertising in a proposed class action suit. The suit alleges the company underfills lattes by skimping on milk and adding an excess of foam. Yes, but it's not just any foam, it's Starbucks foam. All right, elsewhere, you know, from our point of view, it may look like Apple has uh, taken over the world, but Alexander need not weep just yet. There's still plenty of worlds still to be conquered. (laughs) Thank you, Hans Gruber, for that little uh, classical reference. Specifically, Apple can still conquer the second most populous country in the world. India has changed its rules on foreign investment in order to help Apple open retail stores in the country. Up until now, Apple had been working in India through resellers due to rules on local ownership. India is the second largest smartphone market in the world, by the way. All right, on to some music news. Uh, You know, Led Zeppelin might openly steal from black blues performers, but a jury has ruled that they don't steal from semi-successful white rockers from California. Yeah, a copyright case against the band ended with a federal jury deciding that the opening riff of Stairway to Heaven was not the same as a similar-sounding guitar bit in a song called Taurus from 1960s rocker Spirit. The internet disagrees, but hey, we're probably still a couple of years from that being a binding legal opinion. 
All right, and that is this week's Quick Hits. Time to dust off and uh, move along. Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. Right. Well, I have to... I have to go now, Dwayne, because I'm due back on the planet Earth. Well, the people of the U.K. may have just driven the European economy into oncoming traffic, but usually business relationships don't end so dramatically. And uh, while we don't think of our business relationships as having the same importance intensity of romantic ones, we all know that they are what make business happen. It's not what you know, it's who you know, after all. So what goes into forming financial ties? Well, it turns out that they're a little bit more intuitive than you might think. The factors that go into our judgments can be subtle and are in many ways out of our control. Now, Forbes points out one experiment that shows this pretty well. Now, in it, researchers set up a trust game. The specific rules are a little bit complicated to go into here. I'm looking them over, and, uh, yeah, I don't even understand them. But basically, there's two players that decide how to distribute an even amount of money, kind of like Monopoly. All right, The more trust there is between them, the more money they can receive. Except if they land on free parking, then it all depends on uh, who's... Never mind. The results came out in unexpected ways. So, for instance, if one player has a sexual partner, then they received 17% more money from the other player. This happens even though the other player has no idea that the first player has a boyfriend or girlfriend. Researchers believe the same charm that allows people to get a special someone can also help them get paid. Here's some other weird results. Players will often get more money if they drink more beer, as if people didn't need another reason to drink. But again, these players aren't drinking together. The one player doesn't actually know the other one drinks. It's just something inherent in their being social. Also, players will get more if their fathers have a college degree. Now, This suggests something of a parent's social status that leaks into the interaction. <laughs> There's some disturbing results as well. For instance, players from the same race give each other more money. Of course, probably the less we know about the people we do business with, the better it is. Boy, sometimes I wonder where my classmates are today. I'm president of the Pincus Plumbing Company. I sell toluses. I used to be a heroin addict. Now I'm a methadone addict. I'm into leather. All right, let's take a look at what's on the agenda for this week. All right, Tuesday we'll see the release of the most recent figures for the GDP. That stands for Gross Domestic Product. I know. Hey, I'm just kind of pretending I'm Janet Yellen. You're the investors. Uh, Never mind. This is the final revision of the first quarter numbers and shows just how the economy did from January to March. Now, last month's report showed that the economy grew just eight-tenths of one percent in the first quarter. It was an improvement from the initial estimate, though. Originally, economic growth was reported as a nearly stagnant half percent. But we'll see Tuesday if that number improves any with the most recent data. The next day, Wednesday, we'll get some figures on personal income and spending. This gives a good look at the health of the consumer. But don't worry, they're not going to ask you to bend over and cough. And the manufacturing sector is going to be in focus Friday. The Institute for Supply Management releases its index of national manufacturing activity. That's considered to be one of the best gauges of the health of the U.S. factory sector. 
Going on the next week, that'll see figures on international trade, pending home sales, construction spending, and consumer confidence. And of course, because we can't live without her, Janet Yellen will be back with yet another appearance. Yeah, our favorite Fed chief is slated to appear with a bunch of bigwigs from overseas central banks at a central banking conference in Portugal. You know, I hear the central banks in Portugal are beautiful this time of year. Hopefully she's able to step out and catch a little sun. Hey, on the corporate front, a few companies are set to announce their quarterly results next week. Carnival, Monsanto, Paychecks, and Darden Restaurants are among those set to release their earnings figures. And they may even give out some free breadsticks with it, too. Meanwhile, Comcast is among the biggest names on the agenda. Earnings at the cable giant are expected to hold steady compared to last year. Revenues are seen increasing about 2%, uh, and so is your cable bill. And uh, Nike's another marquee name on tap for that week. The results are expected to be somewhat lackluster for its latest quarter. Revenues are seen up around 7%, but earnings are projected to tick down. Although, don't feel too bad for Nike. You know, whatever happens in their quarterly results. The athletic apparel makers already having a good month. They're the branding partner of the newly crowned NBA champion, LeBron James. Stephen Curry, by the way, he works for Under Armour. Now, their current quarter is winding up this month, so expect their results in a few weeks. You, you play very well. Oh, yeah? So do you. Oh, God, what a, what a dumb thing to say, right? I mean, you say it, you play well, and then right away, I have to say you play well. Oh, oh, God, Annie. Well, oh, well. <laughs> la-di-da, la-di-da, la-la. Yeah. Hey, you know, all this talk of LeBron brings us to our first ever errors and omission section. All right, a couple of weeks ago, we made a joke about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, is it too late to retract that? Well, the basic point of the crack was that they could never win the NBA championship. <laughs> Specifically, we compared them to Bernie Sanders' presidential run. Hopeless, but we were uh, rooting for them anyway because eh, we kind of felt sorry for their fans. Well, obviously, that prediction didn't work out. <laughs> to be fair, at the time, they were down 3-1. to one, All right, But offbeat Wall Street regrets the error. Congrats, Cleveland. And uh, while we're on the subject, uh, why don't we take a look at some business angles from Cleveland's victory? All right, the ratings for Game 7 set a record for ABC. Nearly 31 million people watched the game live, giving it an 18.9 rating. The previous highest-rated NBA game was the 2010 Game 7 between Boston and L.A. Meanwhile, the Cavaliers' victory celebration came with a little bit of a price tag. The team reportedly spent $1,500 on cigars and around $4,000 on goggles for the post-game celebration. I guess when you measure your payroll in tens of millions of dollars, no price is too high to make sure that someone doesn't get blinded by champagne. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the champagne, the locker room celebration consisted of 350 bottles of Moet and Chandon Nectar Rosé. You know, it's so expensive, I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right. With the Cavs logo emblazoned right on the bottle. Hey, it's rumored that the bottles would sell for about five grand a piece in nightclubs. Although reports are that the team paid about 21 grand to stock the locker room. So one assumes somewhere that there's 350 bottles of Warriors brand champagne out there. My suggestion would be to kind of brand the bottles with something kind of like NBA champs and then uh, use it no matter who wins. Then the owners can split the cost. That's what we do at Offbeat Wall Street. We look for practical ways to save billionaires money on champagne showers. Hey, that's just what we do. And with that, we reach the end of our show. Hey, thanks a lot, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. And if you like the show, please go to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, go ahead, rate and review the show. Good ratings help other people discover the show, so it's very helpful. And also, make sure you let all your friends know. If you don't, 
I guess we'll just have to do it for you. Check out our website at offbeatwallstreet.com. That's coming a little bit together. We're starting to lay the carpeting down. The furniture's mostly there. We're still waiting on the piano to get delivered, but uh, it's starting to look a little bit more livable. And still, as always, work to be done, but you can always check out the additional content that's posted there throughout the week. You can also follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet.com. That's street like ST, like on a street sign. And a special thanks to our great friends at RTT News. You know, they provide a lot of the news and stats that we use in the show. Most of them we really don't understand, but hey, if you want up-to-date info on the markets that uh, looks like it's mostly correct, why don't you check them out at rttnews.com. And of course, we couldn't put the show together without the big BS. Yeah, big Brian Stewart back in the RTT News offices, grinding away, chopping down trees, mashing them into pulp, and uh, writing them on his quill pen, and giving me these wonderful long documents that I have to read each and every week, full of numbers that I don't really understand, and uh, maybe we could just kind of cut back on the decimals and the fractions a little bit for next week. Just saying, Brian. (laughs) Thanks again to Brian Stewart at RTT News for all the factoids and facts and everything else uh, that you hear in the show. And don't forget, as we say goodbye, remember the classic rule of Wall Street. Hey, no matter how much you get, it's never enough. It's an old joke. Um, Two elderly women are at a Catskill Mountain resort, and one of them says, boy, the food at this place is really terrible. The other one says, yeah, I know, and such small portions. Well, that's essentially how I feel about life. Full of loneliness and misery and suffering and unhappiness. And it's all over much too quickly. Have a great week, everybody.